Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk radio, live from Westminster. I think there's a clear warning there. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. What's next? Order! Talk radio, live from Westminster. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are live once more at College Green outside the Houses of Parliament where currently the lunatics apparently taken charge of the asylum. Last night, uh, 21 Tory MPs rebelled against their own government and voted with the Remainers who want to give our democracy over to the European Union and make sure that any decisions made about our own future are firmly in the hands of the Brussels bureaucrats. This morning, the sun is shining over the mother of all parliaments despite this latest manoeuvre by people more concerned with wounding Boris Johnson and finishing his policies off and making sure uh, that he's one of the shortest lived prime ministers uh, in this country. Today though it looks like Brexit might well be finished I refuse to believe it. Boris and his Downing Street team did not see this coming I'm sure they saw that every single manoeuvre that was being planned from the opposition benches was exactly what they were expecting. Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings did not just open themselves up to this ridiculous victimisation. Dominic Cummings knows what he's doing. I think this is the beginning of a Tony Blair-style new Labour project, and I've got just the man to talk to about that. He is, of course, John Rental from The Independent, uh, a man who knows the inside-out story of how new Labour came about. I think this is about the new Tory party. I think this is about getting rid of people like Dr Philip Lee, who hasn't been a Tory for many years. Rory Stewart, who you just heard on Julie Hartley Brewer's show, is going to go walk about for a while and probably find himself on the left-hand side of the Liberal Democrats. I don't think it matters. I think Brexit will still happen. I think we'll still leave on October the 31st. Prove me wrong. Call me 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. So here we are once more. Welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live in Westminster. We woke up this morning thinking the rain was going to put a slight dampener on everybody's uh, feelings and all the plans that we all had to sit outside this lovely tent down here in the tented village. It's a bit quiet because I think all of the uh, the shouty people have had a bit of a lie-in this morning. They were here till quite late last night uh, complaining, complaining not only about uh, stopping Brexit but also stopping the coup. The only coup that appears to me to be underway is the one currently being occupied and run by Jeremy Corbyn, uh, by Ian Black, and by uh, the likes of Caroline Lucas, the people who think it's a good idea, along with Joe Swinson, to derail what they call the catastrophic no-deal Brexit. Let's talk to John Rental, uh, our good friend and, uh, of course, chief political commentator of The Independent. John, a very good morning to you. Welcome back. Hello, Mike. I think that's a bit of an unlikely analogy. Boris, Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings, the sort of new Labour of, Why do you uh, think it's of, unlikely? of the Tory party. Well, I don't think it's as thought through as that, is it? I mean, uh, I mean you think this is sort of some kind of grand master plan. Uh, I think it's it's. I mean, it is it is a plan, but it's born out of desperation because there's nothing else that Boris can do. I mean, he's been blocked by, blocked by Parliament. Much better for him to go for a general election now. Huge risk. I mm. mean, for a new prime minister, he's only been yeah. prime minister for a month. Yeah, but what uh, I'm and to put is... all that at risk for a general election is is quite something. But it's better than being completely doomed at the end of October when he'd be be blocked in and he wouldn't be able to uh, to have an election. He'd he would have to go. He'd either have to resign then or, or go to Brussels and ask Well, he was asked repeatedly, wasn't he, during the uh, election for Tory leadership, uh, if he would resign if, in fact, Brexit did not happen by October 31st. And he was always quite sort of vague about that, as, as you would expect him to be. I just refuse to believe that the likes of Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings have not come into this fully in the knowledge that all of these man- manoeuvrings would happen. I mean, they must well, have known that... Phil- they certainly knew before Philip Lee walked across in his rather dramatic look-at-me uh, thing yesterday. You know, he might as well have done well, it. Well, if you're going to cross 
the floor, Mike. You might no. as well. You might as well do that it so proves, people know. That proves that he's a self-indulgent um, <laughs> person who I would have nothing to do with, and no truck. And he said, by the way, on talk radio this morning, he doesn't believe in having by-elections just because you've changed parties, which well, is very, 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 very oddly, democratic. None, none of these party defectors ever believe in by-elections. No, isn't that funny? Because, because that make in, it right, in the 1980s, uh, someone tried that and they got hammered. Yeah, so, uh, well, of course that, they did. That, that, because, that was what happened with the SDP. And the point is, no, I mean, there was no Tory MP that I've spoken to in the last six months who has cared a jot what Dr Philip Lee has said about anything because they said, well, he's not really a Tory anymore. He hasn't been a Tory for quite a long time and we expect him fully to defect to the Lib Dems as soon as the new parliament opens. So, I mean, you know, that certainly wasn't yeah. a surprise. No, but I don't think Boris Johnson expected to lose quite so badly. Uh, last night, I, th- I think he thought he might be able to see the rebels off at this stage mm-hmm. because he, he, could pers- he thought that he could persuade them that he needed to keep the no deal option on the table in order to have some uh, negotiating leverage over the next month uh, in Brussels. But uh, uh, he, he always knew that that, that that was a risk and that if, if he couldn't, if he couldn't uh, see this challenge off, then he would have to go for a general election. Is there no chance, do you think, though, because some do, that this morning uh, there may be still talks going on and some of those who voted against last night in order to make this happen might come back on side and say, well, actually, um, you know, then the, the margins might be smaller. And I know from talking to, uh, to John Mann yesterday, if there's a chance that the, 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 the bill could be defeated, there will be some la- Labour rebels who might go along with it. It's a very kind of delicate I think balance. The mar- but the margin of 27 was, t- was, was it too is hard. big. It was yeah. too big. I, I can't see where he gets the votes from. I think, uh, and also, I think you know he might try to stop it in the in the House of Lords. Uh, no doubt there'll be a concerted effort. That could but, happen, I mean, that's, right? That's not going to look great, is it? The House of Lords, the unelected House of well, Lords, let's overruling. Face it, I, think, I think they've given up on it looking the, great, haven't they? Sometimes, well, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that looked that any is, good for quite a while. That is true. So, but I mean, Boris Johnson hasn't given up completely no. on the idea of defeating. Uh, this this bill, yeah. uh, and, and in which case he would then have the negotiating leverage he needs over over the next month, uh, and he would hope to hope to be proved right mm. that you know if if the EU leaders are convinced that we really are prepared to walk away without a deal at the end of October, they will offer a last minute compromise. I don't think they will, yeah. but it, well, it all seems to, to now be about happens. sort of another another game of, of chance, really, doesn't it? I mean, it literally is roll the dice and see which way it goes. Because I came to back to work yesterday, uh, having been away for a while, thinking right by the end of today we will have a very clear choice as to whether we have a general election or whether we have uh, uh, the ability to prolong our departure from the European Union. Neither of those things has happened, as it turns out. And once again, we are still in a kind of limbo whereby there are many different possibilities. And it seems to me... Isn't politics great? Well, it's certainly keeping us employed. Um, (laughs) But what I would say is that it seems to me that if Boris can somehow keep this all rolling along until October the 31st, if he can somehow dissolve Parliament and then change the date of the election, this is where I think he's got this kind of master plan, which you don't see. Um, I I believe that that's his plan. That doesn't work, though, Mike, because changing the date of the election is no good after... To the, after, if this Hillary Benn bill gets passed, if that's on the statute book, yeah. then whoever is Prime Minister on the 19th of October, that's the trigger date in the bill, yeah. uh, has to go and ask for an extension Right, uh, but what if Brussels. he? But that's what and I'm saying. So, but if he, if he somehow suspends Parliament and dissolves it before that point... Uh, before the bill's yeah. passed. Yes, yes. I don't, before well, that point, then he says that he wants to set the date for an election... Pre, prior to, this is why the Labour Party is no, saying they don't want him to be able to call an election. They will not vote for an election yeah. until this bill is passed. That's right. But even if the bill is passed, he then calls for an election before the bill comes into effect. We then get moved into an, a, a period of, of, of dissolution of Parliament. Yeah. And then he decides to change the no, date of the election to, to November the 5th. No, but if he defeats the bill, then he doesn't need a general election. Yes, that's true. But so, what I'm saying is we're assuming here that he probably won't defeat this bill today. 
Yeah, well, but 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 as soon as he def- as soon as the bill is on the statute book, yeah, uh, he can he can do what he likes with the date of the general election. Whatever happens, you've got to you've got to go for an extension at the end of October. Well, whatever if you happens, haven't got a deal. No, surely uh, he has to then just leave on October the thirty first. Well, no, he can't. Not 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 if this bill is on the right. statute book. If it's up, but it doesn't get on the, the bill statute prevents book. Prevents okay. no deal Brexit. All right. So let's put it another way then. Uh, he could def- uh, defeat it in the House of Lords or make yeah. it last long enough in the House of Lords for it never to become actual law. Sure, but then, then he, he doesn't. Then, then he, he doesn't need an election. Because no, then, he then he's needs, seen it off. No, but I mean, he still needs an election in a way because he needs he does. to get himself into a position where he can do something. Because at the moment he can't do anything. Well, I mean, yes, he's now what he twenty-two would, down from yesterday. He would rather he would rather have an election after he's got us out of the European Union. Yes. In, that, in, that, in that situation, he'd, that's be, right. he'd be back to his his original plan A. But and I think know, that's the plan. You see, that's my that's <laughs> yes. my cunning plan. But the problem, <laughs> well, yeah. Baldrick. But the problem with your cunning plan is that <laughs> even if he sees off this the the, the bill this time. Uh, they'll be back at him at the end of October. Uh, before well, they we will, leave. because what we have learned, I mean, the one thing we have learned, I suppose, since the last time you and I were sitting in this very tent, uh, is that the people who uh, are now saying, oh, do you know what? I really wish we'd voted for Theresa May's deal. I really, re- I heard a, a, a Labour MP last night saying that she regrets not voting for it. Well, not only not voting for it once. Not, not voting for it twice, but not voting for it three <laughs> times, she now regrets. Yeah, right? well, there are 17 and, of them. And she's saying that, uh, you know, we should bring it back. Rory Stewart was just on talking about bringing it back. I mean, has the world gone completely mad? It was the one thing that everybody agreed on uh, was the worst of all oh, no, scenarios. they did No, they didn't, Mike. I thought it was a sensible compromise, and I thought Labour MPs should have voted for it. And well, if, when it first if came we back, end up leaving the European Union with no deal, then I think Labour MPs have got some very hard questions to answer about they their responsibility they for have. the outcome. Now, let's talk about Labour, because yesterday there were many people sitting here who said to me uh, that they thought that whatever the scenario came out about as, this was curtains for Jeremy Corbyn, because Jeremy Corbyn is facing a kind of double-edged whammy. What are you talking about, Mike? He's, go- he's going to win the next... He's going to win the general election. Is he? Did you, didn't you see what happened last time? He came from 20 points behind to... Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he sort of won it, didn't he? I mean, oh, of course. Moral victory, In anyway. the same way that they won... 52-48 last night, which was a rather <laughs> delicious irony. Because it's amazing how often that happens. <laughs> I mean, people say, yeah, but it's such a small margin. Almost almost every single vote I've ever looked at comes out <laughs> about 52-48. And the people who win, win. And the people who lose, lose. Yes. Now that we've redefined winning and redefined losing, <laughs> it's always more difficult. But yeah, I mean, there are plenty of people, I imagine, inside the Labour Party um, who would like to take on Boris Johnson in the general election if yeah. it wasn't for the fact that Jeremy Corbyn was their leader. Well, but there's also Jeremy Corbyn who would like to take on Boris Johnson in a general well, election because well, he thinks he can win it. But he's not and going he's an to, old though. man in a hurry. He's he he would like to have a general election because this is this is possibly his last chance to become it prime is. minister. But he's going to get um, up today and say, presumably, we're not going to vote for it. Well, no, because he's yes, he's well, he's 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 going to try and 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 sell this line that you know we're absolutely happy to have a general election, but we've got to have this bill through first. Yeah, um, and he's going to hope that the general public will not see that as Labour trying to avoid a general election, because yeah. that's not a good message. I'm hoping good somebody between now and um, you know, Prime Minister's questions at, at midday, which we'll cover here live right here on, uh, on Talk Radio, uh, puts together all of the times that Jeremy Corbyn has said at previous Prime Minister's questions, what we want is an election. Yeah. Because you could probably count about a million times that he said it in the last year alone. No, but last night he said what we want is a general election, but you've got to get this, uh, <laughs> you've got to get this bill through first, because we're not going to give you, you know, we're not going to give you this... Uh, 
the freedom to, mm. to decide the date of the election I mean, without, the other thing, without the guarantee that no deal is taken off the and table. And the other thing that I think we've learned is that many of the people who are arguing against no deal actually don't want Brexit at all. Yeah, the Lib Dems many of them, but some of them, the some of them don't. Yeah, the Lib Dems I mean, Rory Stewart, as, he said, as presumably he just told you, mm. he, he voted to leave. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's sincere. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want a no deal exit, but he does want to leave. Yeah, he says that, and I do, and indeed he voted for it, but yet he's just voted his own, against his own government and given power to the opposition, which seems to me, um, I'm not going to use the word treason because that's too harsh of a word, and I, I was laughing last night actually when I heard uh, uh, Jeremy Corbyn yesterday afternoon accusing Boris Johnson of using incendiary language <laughs> well, by yeah. calling it a surrender to Brussels. <laughs> we are not at war with the European <laughs> Union. Then went on to use the word surrender three times <laughs> in the next sentence. Jeremy Corbyn did? Yeah. Well, that's first politics, isn't it? But is I mean, you know, hi- so hypocrisy all round. Exactly. But, I mean, but, the, but the, I mean, the, Danny Finkelstein's got a very good column in the Times today. I mean, he says basically there's two there's two choices that people have. You can either you can either leave without a deal with, with with Boris Johnson as prime minister, or you can have Jeremy Corbyn as prime minister. I don't think there's any there's any middle way. I mean, you know, conceivably you could get some kind of new deal out of the. Out Do you of see EU, any that's, any that's, any traction for the other parties as such though? Because I mean, my feeling is always that the two party system at the polls tends not to really give people like the Lib Dems much extra when it comes to seats. The Brexit party could frustrate the Tories and the Labour Party mm-hmm. um, at some polls, but not many, probably. So you're still going to be talking about the two main parties, I think. Well, you um, are, but the Liberal Democrats are doing very well. I mean, that's why that's why oh, the Lib Dems, are. I think, are quite keen to have an election because, I mean, Jo Swinson's, you know, got she's got some extra MPs through defections, yes. which, is, which is all well but and good, but she, it, could, she could double the number of seats. But let's face got. it, they did quite well at the local elections, having done incredibly badly at the previous ones. Mm. They didn't do that well um, in the European elections, other than to kind of present themselves as the one Remain party, yeah, uh, and therefore get a lot of they Remain did pretty votes. Well. Yeah, but they didn't win it, as they keep saying. The Brexit party actually won the European election by getting yeah. the most MP MEPs into Brussels. Also, similarly in Brecon and Radnorshire, um, you know, they they inherited a seat from um, the Tories that, that has been going backwards and forwards between the no, Tories you, and Labour. You're, redef- you, and you, order- you're talking Brecon was a defeat for the Liberal Democrats. Well, it, under it, their terms, like? actually, it was. And I said it the, on the day. Joe was it 52 48? Yeah, Joe, Joe Swinton, well, not quite. Joe Swinton wasn't very keen on that analogy. I said, well, that's what you said about the European elections. But they had to uh, basically, no, you know, they had to hobble all the other Remain parties in order to win that. No, but the right? context the context of this general election, which is probably going to be on, on the 15th of October, is that Boris Johnson has got the leave vote sewn up because, I mean, he's squeezing the Brexit vote down. I mean, the Brexit are now down to sort of 10, 10, 12 yeah. in, in, in the opinion polls, whereas the Remain vote is split between pretty evenly between mm. Labour and, and the Lib Dems. And, you know, Labour's position on Brexit is But don't think there's plenty of Labour leave voters as well, though, aren't there? Well, yes, but I mean. So where do they go? Because they're well, not they the Tory, are they? Well, they might do. Really? Some of them. Some you think, of them. You think Sunderland uh, Labour voters voting for the Tory party? Well, I don't see that. It's not not many. I agree, but the point is, you know, if if you've got a, a fairly united Leave vote behind Boris Johnson mm. versus a an evenly divided Remain vote between uh, Labour and the Lib Dems, then that looks pretty favourable okay. to, to Boris Johnson. I say, finally, are you one of those who thinks today is another bad day for Boris Johnson and he's going to lose this vote? He's got. Oh yes, he's going to. I mean, you know, if they voted by a margin of twenty-seven to to take over the order paper, they weren't doing that for fun. 
I mean, so the so the margin sure? ought to be twenty seven, okay. twenty seven on right. uh, uh, for for Hillary Burns' bill. Okay, so John Rensel from the Independent thinks that this is going to be another bad day for Boris Johnson. I think it may be uh, on paper a bad day for Boris Johnson, but I still think that the evil genius uh, who is Dominic Cummings, <laughs> as he was named by the other evil genius, Alistair Campbell, uh, has got something up his sleeve. We shall see. Talk Radio live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Gray. We are now in the blazing sunshine as we enter yet another historic day uh, since the last historic day in Parliament, which was in fact yesterday, uh, when I thought, I have to say, by the end of it, we would have a very clear uh, knowledge of whether we were having a general election or whether we were in fact going to remain in the European Union for another three months or possibly another year. I'm joined now, I'm delighted to say, uh, by Andrew Bridgen uh, from the ERG group, of course, uh, MP for North West Leicestershire. Uh, still in the Tory party, Andrew. You've managed to cling on there, uh, not being one of the 21 who was... Uh, ejected out I should say. Uh, We've also got uh, here with us Victoria Borwick, former Conservative MP uh, for Kensington and Chelsea. Very good morning to both of you. Um, Are you in any way sad about the 22 uh, who are no longer with you Andrew? Of course I am. Um, I've served with most of them for um, nine and a half years in Parliament and uh, some of them are very close friends and people will say well you voted against the government and you didn't get get thrown out. You voted three times Andrew against uh, Theresa May's withdrawal agreement. Well, the difference was, the difference is between voting against a government policy and voting to take away the government's power to legislate and giving it to the opposition. And I think, given the fact that the Prime Minister, in one-to-one meetings, explained to the potential rebels what would be the result of their actions, uh, they were well aware that they'd lose the whip, that they followed through and then voted against the government. I think, um, as Boris Johnson is a man of his word and delivers on his promises, um, he had to take the whip away. Yes, I don't think there's any question that there is a massive difference between the two scenarios. I was listening to somebody arguing that they were the same last <laughs> night, and I, and I totally disagree. I think you're absolutely right. But, of course, what has now happened, though, I mean, just a, a matter of procedure, what happens now to those MPs? Do they cross over to the opposition side? Do they remain on the back benches of the Tory side? What happens? Well, I've understood from one of them who I've spoken to this morning that they're going to continue to sit on the government benches in their normal positions and they're going to continue to vote with the government on all other issues. Um, so that's going to be quite interesting. That is going to be interesting. And so uh, is there a chance, do you think, as some have suggested, that there might be um, a place for some of them today if they decide to come back if they decide to come back to uh, the, the government side and actually vote against the uh, Hillary Benn story? What, what would happen then? Absolutely. And that is something I actually uh, spoke to the chief whip last night and said, I understand you're going to take the, the whip away from people who rebel this evening, but I, can I really implore you? to offer that olive branch that uh, they can come back if on the big vote uh, tomorrow, which is now today, this evening, uh, they vote with the government uh, and, and against the, the opposition. And uh, I'm very pleased that the Chief Whip's taken that on board. OK. Victoria, you've worked very closely with Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister. You were with him uh, when he was Mayor of London. Um, I, I keep saying to people, I can't believe that he would not have seen something like this coming, that he would not have seen the likelihood of losing this vote yesterday, and therefore that he and Dominic Cumming presumably have got some kind of a plan. There are others who say, well, of course, it's all going horribly wrong for Boris. I imagine that, that he knows precisely what road he's going down. What sort of a man is he? 
Well, absolutely, as been said, a man of his word. He would have laid out his vision, which he did. He laid out quite clearly in Cabinet. He explained he has a plan of action for this for this country. You know, particularly passionate about education. You know, that's why he first one of the first things he talked about yesterday. Um, you know, education, hospitals, schools, the things that really people worry about. I mean, you know, what's happening this week? Most people are sending their children back to school. You know, most of the country is getting on with their day-to-day lives. Boris will have feel that he laid it out and he said to people, this is what my vision is this is what my plan of action for the country is and he spoke to them individually he spoke to them collectively if they hadn't understood the message then that we have to now pull together and deliver for brexit for this country because that's what we've promised then obviously it's extremely sad that people didn't understand you know what what, what was said to them so are you saying you don't think he's got a plan to get out of this then oh i think he's definitely got a plan i mean he has stated quite clearly that he wants to negotiate a new withdrawal agreement and he's aiming to do that but he's keeping no deal on the table so that by the 31st of october he will deliver brexit one way or the other and it's only keeping no deal on the table which is actually going to force the european union back to the negotiating table to give us concessions and quite honestly mike while parliament are playing these games with the full connivance of of a speaker who's playing to his remain audience uh, and undermining the prime minister's negotiating position probably risking bringing the government down of course if you were the eu you wouldn't offer us any renegotiation well absolutely right well well we're doing your job for you and but, but i mean ourselves. this is but this is a very important day isn't it because if in fact boris does lose the vote today if you guys lose the vote today uh, he is then more or less instructed uh, without uh, some means of getting out of it to go to to go back to brussels and to basically give them permission to extend um, Article 50 again. Well, he's not going to do no. that. He's assured you of that. So what we're going okay. to do is go to the people and call a general election. That will, under the fixed-term Parliament, that will require 60, two-thirds of MPs mm. to, to vote for it uh, this evening. Um, already, Jeremy Corbyn, such hypocrisy. He's been mm. calling for a, a general election every day for two years. Now he's That's offered right. one. He doesn't want one. Uh, the Lib Dems' policy is they don't want a general election. They want a referendum. Uh, but if the country voted remain uh, leave again, uh, the Lib Dems have already said they wouldn't accept it. So what's mm. the point of all this? This is all parlour games. People who want to take no deal off the table, what they actually really want is no Brexit. Yes. No, exactly right. But what would you say to uh, Boris Johnson going back to the European Union to negotiate a better deal, which is what he's saying? Well, we've never uh, taken... The, the EU have never believed we're going to leave without mm. a deal. Theresa May never convinced them of that. She never convinced me, quite honestly, of, of that. Um, and until we get... Uh, over this hump in Parliament and into the beginning of October when they can see the finishing line and we're leaving on no deal unless they re- that's what will force the compression point of the negotiations has got to be reached and the EU will give us concessions. I'm absolutely convinced of that. And there's still some uh, work to be done in the second chamber, the House of Lords. Victoria, your husband is a member of the House of Lords. Um, what's he looking forward to in the next few days? Well, he's taken his toothbrush in and he's ready <laughs> for an all-night sitting um, because the important thing is that we must make sure that we don't get this Corbyn surrender deal in. I mean, that would tie us to Europe for years and that's not what the country voted for. Well, the, if you actually read the, the Hillary Benn bill, there's a, there's a very damning uh, paragraph in there where we asked for a, a date into January but if the EU refused that and offer mm-hmm. an alternative date it would compel and that date could be one Compelled. year two year yep. three mm-hmm. years ten years 20 years from now it compels the Prime Minister within 48 hours to agree to a date decided by the European Union this if this is taking back control then I'm 
I don't know what it is. I don't, well, you could be like that clown that turned up yesterday dressed as a clown and claiming that he wanted to appear on talk radio. That's not going to happen. Andrew Bridget, thank you very much indeed. Victoria, thank you as well. Uh, we've got lots more to do. We want to take some of your calls as well this morning. 0344-499-1000. I'm not convinced yet that this Hillary Benn uh, surrender document is going to be adopted. I still think there's another plan afoot. Fallout, the fury, the future. Let's get political. Order. Talk radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live on College Green in Westminster once more. The sun is shining. The rain has gone away. It's going to be another historic day in Parliament. And not just that, we're going to have the first Prime Minister's questions between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn. They had a little bit of a rehearsal last month, well, back in July, really, uh, when Boris was made Prime Minister for the first time. And they had a little bit of a set to which you'd have to say Boris won hands down. However, there are some who say Boris Johnson now has uh, had his wings clipped somewhat last night by the vote uh, which has taken over the parliamentary order paper today uh, by people who are on the opposite side of government and people who do not wish to see a no-deal Brexit going through. I can bring you some breaking news though. A Scottish judge has just rejected a bid to have Boris Johnson's plan to shut down Parliament declared illegal. Basically, Lord Doherty has ruled that uh, the issue is one for politicians and voters to judge and not one for the courts. So that's one down, two to go, I think. We've got uh, now Lisa Nandy, Labour MP for Wigan, with us. Uh, very good morning to you, Lisa. Um, it's hard to keep up, isn't it, with exactly all of the different machinations and plots and counterplots and subplots going on. How's it going? I think the biggest problem is that the public aren't keeping up because they've just had enough. And the strong sense that I get when I'm at home in Wigan is that people just really, really want to see us compromising, working together and sorting this out. We've had years of it. Well, I imagine in Wigan enough. they all want to talk to you about how they leave, don't they? Because not, was not quite everybody. A big leave. Well, not everybody, no, but it was quite a big leave it constituency. Was, it, was a, it was a huge leave vote. Two-thirds of the constituency voted to leave. Yeah. A third voted to remain, and increasingly I think people are getting quite vocal on the Remain side too. Well, the Remain side have never not been vocal. I mean, that's the problem. I think the people who wanted to leave and who voted to leave are seeing a minority of, of Remainers making an awful lot of noise and creating an awful lot. They're a bit like Extinction Rebellion. You know, they keep telling us that the climate's going to change and that we're all going to die, and they keep blocking the roads. But everybody else who gets on with their business just gets on with their business. Well, no offence, but I think this is quite a London sort of perspective because um, up north, what seems to have happened is that just after the referendum, a lot of Remainers said, look, we lost, they won fair and square, we just got to get on with it, yeah. and have felt that for several years. Yes. But increasingly now, what I'm hearing from that Remain vote is that they don't just want to get on with it anymore. They've had enough, they want to put a stop to this. And earlier this year, one of the things that I voted for in Parliament was to revoke Article 50 in the event of no deal. And um, a lot of people said to me, actually, that would be my preferred option just because I want all this to stop. Now, on the other side, you've got a lot of people who a few years ago voted leave, said, I don't mind how we leave as long as we leave, yeah. who are now saying cut all ties and get out altogether. The attitudes out there in the public are hardening. They are. And if we and don't, don't compromise, we're going to have a real problem. Well, because the point is, is that the Parliament and the parliamentarians have not compromised. And the reason we are in the position we are in is because you lot haven't been able to come to any form of agreement. Well, Largely speaking, I agree with that, although I have to say Parliament is divided because the public is divided. We're very reflective of public opinion, but um, the truth but, is well, we, haven't, com we haven't compromised. We haven't been able to come to an agreement, and we have to come to an agreement because there are only three options left to us now. We either revoke Article 50 
or we leave with no deal or we agree a deal and anything other than agreeing a deal will have profound consequences for this country well, that we will regret there was an for a long deal, time to come there? well there was an and agreed deal that never came to, no it never came to parliament i mean this is the problem that we had two well, Theresa May's deal came to parliament no it didn't we had two and a half years of the tory party negotiating with itself with no reference to the country no reference to the other political Theresa parties Theresa May's deal was parliament. voted down three we, times no then we then had several meaningful votes which essentially asked Parliament to hand over complete control of negotiating a future trade relationship to the Tory party with no reference back to Parliament at all, no role for Parliament in that process. I spent four months trying to convince Theresa May that that was the sticking point and that was unacceptable. So you were quite happy with the deal but you didn't want to vote the deal through because you wanted to have some part in being a a player in all of the negotiations? Well because we have no deal. The withdrawal agreement was just simply a legal text that took us into a in order to negotiate a deal. Yeah, but that's when the negotiations start on the future trading relationship. Those negotiations haven't begun. Once you agree a withdrawal agreement, those negotiations begin. Well, there isn't a deal. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Well, it's news to me. You're now rewriting history. I've now heard everything. I've heard that. Well, you are. Nonsense. You're telling me that the withdrawal agreement. You don't seem to understand what the withdrawal agreement is. The withdrawal agreement, which I have read, is 585 pages of legal text which settles a series questions about security, data sharing protocols, the divorce bill and ushers in a transition period in which you start to negotiate Britain's yes. future trading relationship Well I think with everybody knows right that uh, whether or not you leave with a deal or without a deal you have to negotiate quite a lot for quite some years Absolutely. to come and Absolutely. that will always be the and case Parliament so, so the use of no language right here, so hang on to, the use of language to here any say is, over mis- those is, mis- is this is why people are, are feeling that as though they've been misled yep. because you're using parliamentary sort of procedures and parliamentary niceties and parliamentary language to basically get away from the point which is either you want to leave the European Union or you do not. And now we've got Labour MPs saying, we, oh, we wish we voted for Theresa May's deal we now, didn't, we and didn't now we'd like vote. to. I'm sorry, uh, well, I'm I, not well, saying that. I, I don't I've know where you're getting that. this from. I've you're the only person that. sitting in this entire area who thinks you didn't vote down Theresa May's we, withdrawal agreement. The withdrawal agreement bill was proposed to Parliament. We never got a vote on it. And that is one of the reasons why Stephen Kinnock and others this week are trying to bring back the withdrawal agreement bill to give Parliament the chance to vote for that for the first time. Theresa May told us she had a withdrawal agreement bill that she was planning well, to bring Smith before Parliament. Well, Ruth Smith was on TV last night she saying... No, hang on, Ruth Smith was on TV last night saying that she regretted voting against Theresa May's withdrawal agreement right. and would now like to vote for it. So you're telling me that nobody's ever voted for it at all? We'd, we had three meaningful votes. That is well, not a withdrawal votes. agreement bill. The withdrawal agreement bill never came before Parliament. We're trying to bring it before Parliament this week so that we can actually vote for it. And how and would you respect, make that difference? If I could say this, you say that Labour MPs are sitting here are trying to use language, misleading language you in order are. to mislead the public. You keep talking about a deal. We haven't negotiated a deal and this is part of what is absurd obscuring this for the public. You have to be clear about what's happened here. So you're going to tell and you're me not telling the truth. Well, you're going to tell me... Well, I am telling the truth because that's what I do. Yeah. What I don't do is obfuscate the truth, which is what that's you what people do. That's what you've just do. done. That's no, exactly that's what you've just so done. So you're telling me that Theresa May did not go you're to Brussels... You're telling the public we've got Theresa a deal. May, we haven't started negotiating You're telling me Theresa May did not go to Brussels, did not negotiate a deal, did not bring it before Parliament, and it was not voted she down three times. She negotiated a withdrawal agreement which settled legal and technical questions and allowed the UK then to go and negotiate a deal. That Those negotiations negotiations haven't yet started. That is one of the reasons the public are so frustrated. It's one of the reasons I'm so frustrated. And it's one of the reasons that we're trying to bring that withdrawal agreement bill before Parliament for the first time to see if we can get a majority for it. And then 
allow Parliament and the government to have a role and a say in what those Why don't you have an election, then you could be in charge like. of the government, and then you could do what you wanted. Because if we have an election right now, we give Boris Johnson the power to set the date, and if he sets the date for after the 31st of October, we leave the EU with no deal and no arrangements at all. Well, you say we haven't got a deal now. Well, we've got How? a deal. because You we're just still, told me we, we didn't have a deal. We, we haven't left the EU yet, so we've got a deal in that we're still technically you just told me we haven't got a deal. of the European Union. You can't Union. even have a deal a minute ago and now not have I, I think you're just trying to. I think you're just trying to be difficult. To be honest, I'm not. I'm just trying to get at the truth. Nonsense. I'm just the trying tr- to get at the truth. We haven't left the EU. Right. Yet. So do we have a deal? So we 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 don't. We haven't negotiated a deal. You just no. said we had a but deal. But we're in the EU at the moment. Yes. If we leave on the 31st of October, we aren't. I don't really understand what's so difficult about this for you. Well, we, I thought for me it's difficult. I, I do my job every day, right? You guys haven't done your job for three years. Well, this is just complete nonsense because you're not doing your job now. You're pretending to the public that all we're doing in Parliament is running round. Well, that's what it looks trying like. Trying to stop a And that's deal. what they'd say to me. Because we're trying to agree I, I talk to the public every the single day, and that's what they say to me. They're sick to death of politicians arguing over semantics, arguing over little niceties, and making excuses about why we cannot do what they asked you to do, which is to leave the European and Union. And frankly, with media commentary of this level, I'm not surprised that really? they're confused and, and upset about what's oh, going on. Oh, so you on. think it's our fault now? I, don't, I think you're not shedding any light on I'm this I'm trying to get at the at truth. All. So all far, crea- you've told me three all, different versions all of cre- it. No, it's nonsense. All you're creating is heat rather than light is that and right? actually and frankly, what are you at the creating moment, that's exactly? quite shameful what we're doing I today, think what you're doing is quite what, shameful what as well but I wouldn't say that to you because I have great respect for the parliamentarians behind me here well, who are supposed like it, to be, to be voted in to do the bidding of the people who voted you in and you've, you've just, got you've just spent two five thirds, minutes saying two thirds that we're not doing voters. our jobs and we're, we're letting yeah, the well you're not are you and you and and talking absolute nonsense really yeah two thirds of your constituency voted to leave the European Union what's your message to them my message to them is that today we are bringing an amendment that would put the withdrawal agreement bill before the House of Commons for the first time. We're hoping it will get selected and we're hoping that we can demonstrate that there is a majority still in the House of Commons for agreeing a deal and negotiating a future okay. trading relationship. The Labour Party is now the party of Remain, as according to many of the senior players in the, in the Labour Party. Do you want to remain in the European Union? I don't think we should remain in the European Union because we had a referendum and we agreed to respect the results and we said that we would find a way to leave the EU with a deal that respected the fact that 48% of this country voted to remain, but accepted that 52% voted to leave and we were leaving. Now, the truth is that there have been different views about this in the Labour Party for some time. We represent some of the most heavily leave and heavily remain constituencies in the country. And actually, we're divided because the public is divided. Our dilemma is the country's dilemma. I still think... So is Labour not the party of remain, as, as the, Labour, the Labour Party has different views. That has been the truth from the time... Well, Keir Starmer the referendum says the party result came in. Well, Keir Starmer represents a constituency where the vast majority of people voted to remain. I represent a constituency where the vast majority of people voted to leave. And over the last three years, I've had several conversations with Keir and with other colleagues who are in a similar position to see so if we can find a way Labour to move party, the country forwards. Well, he, do, he does speak for the Labour Party, but you know, so too does John Trickett, who's in the shadow cabinet, or Ian Lavery, who's in the shadow cabinet, whose constituencies voted to leave. And the truth is, this is a very difficult thing and I don't think we should pretend to the public that it isn't. I would like to say that the Labour Party has one view on leaving the EU and it's a fairly simple straightforward view and that we can just sort this out and, and that will be an end to it but the truth is this is a very very difficult situation So the Labour Party is a party and the reason so the Labour Party, in, in other words, what 
you said to me. Well, what you said to me is the, the, no, the Labour Party and then walked away from right. The, the Labour Party is a party of Remain. If you voted Remain in a constituency, which is more, more than a majority of Remain, but it's the party of Leave. If you voted to Leave and your constituency is a Leave constituency, no, I'm saying so. To you, you can't be all things no, to all men. No, I would not trying to be all things to all people, and I don't think we should try and pretend to be all things to all people. What what I'm saying to you very clearly is that the Labour Party is trying to find a way through the middle that respects the fact that we had a referendum and the result was to leave, but also recognises that 48% of this country voted to remain, and that's why we've come to the conclusion that doing a deal that would protect a close economic relationship with the EU and enable us to continue to cooperate with our closest trading partners is very important, and that's our position. Now, the, in the last few months, we've also agreed that that should be put to a referendum. I'm not in favour of a referendum myself, but then I'm not on the front bench for the Labour Party. The front bench sets the policy. The, I'm, I'm a backbencher. I'm entitled to challenge that policy and to point out where I think we're getting it wrong. But that is the case in every political party. The truth is that every political party is currently divided on this. Even the Lib Dems managed to split over it. And that is because this is a very, very difficult thing where there are different views in the country. Well, I can't say how many uh, the wiser from talking to you, but thank you very much well. for talking to me and thank you for uh, trying to explain what is a very difficult situation. Uh, I hope you think that you were given a fair hearing because that's what we do here. Uh, it's a shame that you thought that I was misleading anyone because I don't think that's what I do. The fallout, the fury, the future. Let's get political. Order. Talk radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here in uh, Westminster. We're on College Green. We're live in the tent. It's been another fascinating show, uh, not least punctuated by a slight absence when we lost a little bit of power down here. But, hey, you know, these things can happen. Uh, we're going to talk now, though, however, to Stephen Timms, a Labour MP for East Ham, uh, whose constituency voted very much to remain, around about 54% to remain. In fact, it's slightly higher uh, than the average of the old uh, uh, rest of the country. Stephen, welcome uh, to the Talk Radio Tent. Thank Thanks for joining us. I don't know whether you were in the Prime Minister's questions earlier, but quite a feisty uh, little occasion there. I've called. Uh, I've never seen uh, words like the ones used by Boris Johnson before uh, in there, which we won't repeat. But also, uh, he called your leader Jeremy Corbyn a chlorinated chicken. Um, is this the uh, the result of some rather long-running animosity between the two? Well, I, I thought Jeremy made some very good points this uh, at this very first uh, Boris Johnson Prime Minister's questions. But I've been in the Brexit Select Committee this morning and we've been talking to freight transport operators about the consequence of no deal. And it's very firmly strengthened my concern that those consequences would be pretty catastrophic. So I think Jeremy was right to press the Prime Minister today on what exactly his proposals are to get a deal. There's absolutely no sign of him coming forward with any proposals at the moment. According to European leaders, he hasn't made any. Uh, but of course, Jeremy didn't get an answer. And I, it looks to me as though Boris Johnson doesn't have any realistic proposals. But I hope he does. And I hope he's going to tell us and, and tell more so tell the Europeans what they are. But of course, we've seen all this before, haven't we? We had Jeremy Corbyn sitting down with Theresa May uh, before Theresa May left the Prime Ministerial Office and they tried to hammer out some kind of a deal which both parties could agree on, uh, that other members of other political organisations could agree on, and they weren't able to do so. And yet now, many Labour MPs are saying, but actually, uh, Theresa May's deal was quite good and we really wish we'd voted for it. So it's all a bit confusing. You can't really blame Boris Johnson for not wishing to share perhaps what he is going to say to Brussels with Jeremy Corbyn because I don't think he believes he can be trusted. Well, he needs to tell the European leaders whether he's got some ideas and there's no 
sign at the moment that he has got any ideas. Uh, they're saying they haven't heard anything from him. But well, they've I, told us that they're not willing to renegotiate the withdrawal agreement. But, but they've said they haven't had any ideas from the UK about what to do to replace the backstop. And the priority for me and lots of my parliamentary colleagues, indeed a majority of parliamentary colleagues, as we discovered yesterday, is to avoid a no deal because that would lead, as we've heard in the Select Committee this morning, to shortages of food, shortages of medicine, shortages of fuel. I'm not going to support that. I'm not going to sit back while that is done to our country. And I think Jeremy was absolutely right to press the Prime Minister minister on has he got some proposals because there's no evidence anywhere at the moment that he's got any proposals at all and i'm not going to sit here and defend boris johnson it's not my job you know i'm not a tory i'm not a member of the conservative party uh, and boris johnson uh, as you say may have the responsibility to go to brussels and tell them what his plan is and he may well do that but i don't think he has a responsibility necessarily um, to share that plan with people who are actively trying to stop him from leaving the European Union, because I think more and more of us are seeing that those who say we don't want a no-deal scenario, also many of them don't want to leave at all. And this is being seen by an awful lot of my listeners, and I'm getting tweets from them constantly all through the day, even when I'm not on. You know, they're seeing through what is happening here. They are seeing another year, or possibly two or possibly three, of filibustering, of, you know, delaying tactics, uh, of obfuscation, uh, and of just keeping everything rolling along so that we never leave the European Union. Boris Johnson does have a responsibility to answer questions, sensible questions put to him in Parliament. And what we got today was him just sort of waving his arms and calling people names. That, together with the reports from Europe, that they have seen no proposals at all from the UK about how uh, it's proposed that the backstop should be replaced, makes me worry that what is actually going to happen if Boris gets his way is that we the clock is run down to a disastrous Brexit at the end of October. I'm not going to support that. I'm not going to stand back while that happens. I do not want my constituents to be short of food, medicines or fuel. That's where we're heading. That is where we're heading. You surely can't say that, Stephen, with any certainty. You, you can say that you are being told that that could be the scenario, that that might be the scenario, but not that it will be the scenario. Well, what you can do is what we did at the Brexit Select Committee this morning and ask the Freight Transport Association what is going to happen to their members, what the, what's going to happen to the trucks if there's a no-deal Brexit on the 31st of October. And they were absolutely clear. That they, they, would be, exactly? they, they said there would be thousands of trucks stuck at Dover. What will happen, apparently, and they explained all this to us, is that trucks will get onto the ferry, but at least 20% of the trucks going out of the UK won't, at the start, have proper customs documentation. Lots of companies haven't yet got their registration number, which is step one. But beyond that, it's a very complicated job you've got to do to prepare your customs documentation. So they'll get on the ferry uh, in Dover without the documentation. It'll, once they're in the ferry, it'll be established they haven't got the proper documentation. They will then get off the ferry in Calais and go in a red lane. And they will then have to wait in a lorry park while the contents of their lorries are checked, which will take at least hours, could be days. In that lorry park in Calais, there are 300 lorry spaces. So once that filled up, it'll be a couple of ferry roads. Not very much, no. Um, but once that lorry park is full up, the French authorities will refuse to take any more ferries from Dover. So that's why you'll then get thousands uh, backing up 
up the M20, and that's why there'll be shortages of food, medicines and fuel. And I'm not prepared to allow that to happen. Well, I think that's one possible scenario. I've also well, spoken the freight, to the freight. Yeah, I know. I, sp- I speak to the Freight Transport Association, yeah. and many of them have said similar things to me in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Others have said that they're not exactly certain what will happen, but that's the sort of worst case scenario. As well, indeed, as indeed is is the Operation Yellowhammer thing, which was also a worst case scenario. Well, it's um, a, it's which, a, let me. Which we, Jerry that Corbyn, was clarified. That which, was clarified. Which, which Jerry Corbyn seems to think is the is, is the Bible and gospel of what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't. They any of us have crystal balls. Let me just. Ask, they, they describe, they describe it today as a reasonable worst case. It's not the extreme well, still, by any well, means. No, it's, it's a reasonable scenario. But it's still a worst. Well, no, you can't take reasonable worst case and make it reasonable. It's still worst case. Okay. It's, the no, point it's not is, worst. It's not the extreme. Well, you just said worst reasonable worst case. case. It's, not, it's not. the extreme. Okay. Worst so there case. are several worst cases. There are. Uh, this, there, are. there might be worse cases. Some than worse that. than that. Well, I guess a worse yeah. case scenario than that is being, you know, struck by a meteor from outer space. But I mean, you know, I've spoken to people who do haulage through Avonmouth, for example, and the docks down there, and they've said to me that sometimes. A, a, a freight um, a terminal is full of freight which needs to be properly put through the customs because it has arrived on British shores without the proper customs notifications and all of the paperwork yeah, and all of that. Yeah, and yeah. this one particular guy that I spoke to said that he is on a regular basis going up and down to there. And he says what he does is he calls his office. In half an hour, they get the proper registration, yeah, the proper certification, yeah, yeah. and he goes and picks yeah, up the truck. Yeah. So to say that it could take days is definitely an extreme worst-case scenario. No, it, the, what the difference on Dover-Calais is it's such a busy route. 60 ferry crossings uh, a day. I don't know how many ferries they're dealing with in, in Avonmouth. There's no ferries. There, but a it's a freight. Well, no, it's a freight terminal. It's, it's a all mu- it does. much smaller one. Yeah, but much, it's, much well, smaller. Yeah, but it, but it doesn't take passenger ferries. That's no, what I'm saying. No, no. But D- Dover is six, 60 freight uh, ferries uh, per day, full of lorries. And if you get a, a log jam on the M20, which unfortunately you would, if yeah, we, there was we a have no them every deal summer, Brexit, then we'd have a shortage of food, but we do have them every summer. and fuel. But we have log, log jams on the M20 every single summer, whenever the French decide to go on strike. The air traffic controllers went on strike the other day. Lots of people got stranded in Europe because they couldn't get on a plane. Yeah. You know, we, these things do happen. We, they, 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 they do, and we've had a taste of it, and that's why we know yeah, how now, damaging though. it will be when mm. it goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, I mean, if plane is a pike stop, that is what is going to happen, and Parliament has got a responsibility to say we're not prepared for that level of hardship to be inflicted on our country. And well, that's surely, what I'm hoping we're going Labour to be later on today. Since Labour is now described as the Remain Party, right? I don't know whether you agree with that, but that's seemingly what Keir Starmer says the Labour Party is. Surely the sensible thing to do would be to not wrench the order paper away from the government for the day, surely the most sensible thing would be to stand against them in an election, take control of the government, and then make your own policy. We'll, we'll be very keen to stand against the well, Jerry Tories Corbyn doesn't seem to be. an uh, election, but the priority now is to avoid the catastrophe which is looming. But wouldn't that's you, if what you win yesterday an election, was about. That's if you win an election before about, October and, the 31st, that's what, that's if you win an election before October the 31st, you can, you can avoid all of that. Well, the problem is that uh, if there was a decision to go for an election now, it would be entirely possible for Boris Johnson to delay the date of that until after we'd crashed out of the EU without a deal. So we've got to make absolutely sure that cannot happen, and that means passing this bill which is being proposed in the Commons later on today. If, for example, you're not able to do that, uh, and you fail in your bid to, to wrest control away from Boris Johnson and, and a no-deal Brexit. And in fact, we do, in your words, crash out, not words that I use, uh, from the European Union on October the 31st. Will you come back into, into this tent a month down the road from there if we have not 
in fact, had any shortages of food yeah. or any shortages Absolutely. of medicine or any problems whatsoever. Because I'd, a lot I'd of be people are going to look do. very stupid if that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be delighted to uh, to do so. I, you know, what we have to do in Parliament is listen to those who know what they're talking about, like the people in the Freight Transport Association, and make our decisions and choices accordingly. That's what we're, we're, we're doing. But I'd, I'd love to come back, yeah. Mm. Well, we had yesterday uh, uh, passed to us an interview with the um, chief economist, I think, of the Deutsche Bank, who said that no deal for Britain is actually a better economic policy and a much better long-term uh, economic forecast than the deal that Theresa May came up with well, and any other bad deal. So he doesn't agree with you, doesn't share your view of uh, a no deal being such a catastrophe. Well, unlike the chief economist of Deutsche Bank, I worry about my constituents suffering shortages of food, shortages of medicines and shortages of fuel. And I am not going to vote for that to happen to my constituents or to the country. OK, Stephen Timms, thank you very much thank indeed. You. Uh, this been the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Another fascinating day uh, in the dangerous international world of politics. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.